0: Look who's coming up.
1: Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, My name is Dean Millard, and uh, this is the marsh just outside of Edmonton where we record the show, and uh, man, it is going to be an absolute beautiful one. First first day I can remember in almost a month where it's not like 27 degrees uh, in my neck of the woods, so a nice cool day. Makes me think of fall weather, and that means Football, baseball, hockey, and basketball all happening at the same time. You know, as much as I love the Stanley Cup, there's something about sports beginning and sports ending at the same time that I think fall is my favorite season. Just just something awesome about that. And uh, we're going to try and tackle as much of it as we possibly can on today's show. Cameron Turner, we tried to have him on Friday, but we had a whole bunch. He had some technical issues, then we had technical issues, so it was a freaky Friday for sure, but uh, he is with North Stars in UFHL. He's the managing owner and president of Hockey Operations. They've been very busy. They're doing some cool things off the ice that we'll tell you about as well that you might want to get behind as a fan of fantasy sports and Jamie Thomas. He's not only the scouting director for UFF football, UFF sports football, but he's also on the uh, Winnipeg Jet broadcast. And the Jets signed a veteran the other day and Sam Gagne. So we'll talk with Jamie about a variety of things. We go around the horn with Jamie every Monday, basically, and we will do the same thing. Again, today, Dauber Hockey, Calgary Flames Preview. We'll also have Fantasy Thunderdome as well, a hockey edition. Top three question of the day and games to watch. So let's get to the question of the day right now. And I want to know what makes your fantasy league unique. The reason why I want to know this is because this video I'm going to show you is next level when it comes to making a fantasy league unique. This is how a league, I'm guessing football, decided who ended up with the first overall pick. This is awesome.
2: Nailed it.
0: There, nailed it. <laughs> I like
2: the
1: commentary. Perfection. The cheering.
0: Go, 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 go. Oh yeah. Run.
1: Oh yeah. He Look at him booting. Look bro. at him go. Oh, that is that is amazing. That is is how fantasy drafts uh, should like that. That's incredible.
0: Perfection,
1: perfection, as the uh, one dude says.
0: Oh yeah! Run. Oh yeah! He's burning, bro.
1: And I just love the cheering too. I mean, well, when you're—I don't know if you're in a uh, a team setting in that uh, situation, or maybe it's just a buddy.
2: Perfection.
1: <laughs> perfection. So good. And I love the the speed at the end. Do a shot. Flip the cup. Pong. So good. So I'd love to know what makes your fantasy league unique. Would you guys do something like this? You know, in, in one of our leagues that I'm in a league with Jamie Thomas of, the uh, the last... Pick or the first pick in the draft is decided by the toilet bowl. The teams actually play off. So you got to still actually do something uh, fantasy wise. But there was another video out there somebody lost a fantasy bet and they were dressed as a, a shark, I think. I think that's funny. You, you make the loser, the last place team, do something. Jamie wanted to actually relegate in our fantasy league. That's how serious he is. He wanted to relegate a team, like kick them out. It didn't, uh, didn't go over very well. So anyway, that's unique for sure. When you're having a combine for the first overall pick, that is, uh, that is definitely counts as unique. So I want to know, and please chime in on the uh, chat in Twitch or hit me up on Twitter, at Duck Millard. What does your league do that is unique when it comes to fantasy sports? Brilliant. There are some brilliant minds out there. Oh, use crypto. That is very unique. I like that answer. From Is that is Mara, Mara, Maria, Maria? I'm sorry. I'm, I, I can't really tell names on uh, the Twitch chat. Lots going on, but use crypto. I like that. I love that we do that. That is unique. And it's only a matter of time uh, before things really get going on that end. So. As mentioned, you can hit me up on the uh, Twitch chat. You can get on uh, Twitter at DuckMillard. Lots of uh, really cool things that we are going to get into on today's show. Okay, our top three today. I'm asking you players that are being drafted too high. Basically overrated. Um, I don't know if I would go as far as saying these guys are going to be busts. Because I don't think so. But... The potential certainly is there for them to not live up to the hype, and this is my top three if drafted too high this year. In 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 Tom Brady, God love him, everything that he has done, but he retired, unretired. Um, he's trying to win another Super Bowl. He doesn't have Gronk, although he might come back. Todd Bowles, what if he's not going to be as aggressive on offense like Bruce Arians was? So, there's a lot going on with the GOAT. Maybe he should have been like Serena and just kept unretired. You know, she kind of said, eh, maybe there's a chance I like Australia, but she's going to uh, stay retired, I think. Brady may find out he stayed one season too long. He is the number one guy I think uh, people are going to count on one year too many. James Conner. Soup, You know, this guy was, um, I thought he was making a pretty good name for himself in Pittsburgh. Had a breakout season with Arizona. Ends up in the Pro Bowl. He almost had 20 touchdowns. He had over 1,100 yards. Chase Edmonds is gone, so there's more of a workload. But I think that, I, 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 first of all, I don't think he comes anywhere close to last year's numbers. I think he's only played 15 games once. And he's always been injured, obviously, with those numbers. And he's never been the number one guy. So, I'm not saying you don't take him, but don't draft him too high. I think he ends up as more of an RB2 this year. And and doesn't play the whole season, obviously. And Jerry Judy. This guy has been on sleeper picks and boards and whatever all over the place now there's a lot of hype for sure about uh the Denver Broncos did just signed their quarterback to a massive deal he is a very good quarterback they got new owners but Just look at Jerry Judy in two seasons. He struggled. He has not taken advantage of opportunities. And so I think he's the guy that obviously is very popular right now, but that's my top three. Would love to know your top three guys who are getting drafted too high in fantasy football drafts. Chime in on Twitch. And we can chat. What a a day for uh, sports. Um, You know, it's a holiday, so I imagine lots of people are out spending it with your family, and that's wonderful too. But there is a lot on the line when it comes to Major League Baseball. And afternoon baseball, two huge games. Jays and Orioles going on right now. Toronto leading 7-3. First of a twin bill. And Baltimore, they're just... You just can't... They're like the... Somebody said they're like zombies. They just don't die. I think they're going to die in this game. Top of the ninth, 7-3. O's are making a pitching change as Bo Bichette just uh, reached, and uh, Alejandro Kirk scheduled to come up. So it looks like they're going to have that one in the bag. And the Yankees and the Twins. And so all four of those teams that were involved in uh, early baseball. That Yankee game is over now. Yankees, uh, So all four of those teams in, in playoff pushes. The Yankees-Twins game, this is really interesting. Marwin Gonzalez hit a home run for the Yankees today. It was the first run scored by somebody not named Aaron Judge in five days. Wow. Five days. Aaron Judge. All right. Rest of the Yankees offense. Shame. 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 Indeed. So Aaron Judge did come to play, though. He wasn't just sitting back and resting. He hit 54 today.
0: Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Long home run into the second deck, number 54, and the Yankees lead four to two.
1: The quest continues. The moment, there
3: goes that man again, Aaron Judge. Just a huge, huge swing. We talked about this guy waiting for his pitch. The
1: quest continues for huge- 61 or more for Aaron Judge. Yankees win 5 to 2. And this is uh there's just a, an absolute you know wild stuff everywhere. Uh the Yankees obviously trying to stay ahead of uh Tampa. The Twins, they're fighting with the Cleveland Guardians and neither of those teams have a wild card to fall back on. So the Twins losing today as the Yankees win 5-2 was that's a crusher in uh, in uh, when it comes to the uh, the wild card race, you know as for fantasy, you, I mentioned Marwin Gonzalez went deep uh, for the Yankees or uh, for the Yankees, yeah, and Aaron Judge also hitting uh, his home run, fifty fourth. He went uh, two for three, drawing a walk as well. Josh Donaldson thought he hit a home run, ended up uh, legging it out. Uh, for a Twins, from a fantasy point of view, not a lot going on. Just six hits. All uh, Nobody had more than uh, one hit. Uh, and uh, McGill, Tyler McGill, takes the loss. He just pitched an inning. That's a tough one. Jameson Talon started for the Yankees. And Holmes picks up the save. So if you had Holmes in your fantasy lineup today uh, because of the Yankees' closure situation... Uh, you are certainly in luck. So that was, uh, was a fun day of watching baseball. As mentioned, the Blue Jays are look like they're going to uh, wrap up a victory, and then they'll get ready for the nightcap uh, with Baltimore. And, you know, this one, y- you look at the standings in the American League for the wild card, and uh, it's it's as fun as it gets. The Blue Jays have that slim lead. Nobody thought, you know, nobody was picking Cleveland to win that division, and they still might not. Uh, But nobody was, I don't think anybody was picking Baltimore, and they're two and a half, well, three and a half. over here. I mean, if you sweep, Baltimore is uh, ahead of the Blue Jays, which I doubt is going to happen, obviously, now. If the Blue Jays sweep, they can almost say goodbye to Baltimore. So massive, massive replications for the playoffs, and, and obviously for teams to stay in the playoff race for fantasy relevance. You want your guys... Obviously relevant uh, and in the lineup and and not just sitting there. Uh, Some hockey news to tell you about. The Senators have signed Eric Branstrom, a a defenseman, to a one-year deal, $900,000. He was part of the Mark Stone trade a couple of years back. Second pair of defensemen right now in Ottawa. They have been linked to Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona in trade rumors. Pretty much all summer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the Senators, obviously, crazy busy, uh, crazy improvement. It's funny. The fantasy can mirror real life. You know, we saw it in our Ultimate Fantasy World Junior where it mirrored everything from Mason McTavish saving to Kent Johnson scoring, and it affected the entire game. We've seen you know tear downs and 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 build ups happen you know not all of the teardown but a tremendous build up by the Ottawa Senators by the Montreal Canadiens by what the Calgary Flames had to face and we've we're seeing it in our fantasy league our, our serious high end ultimate fantasy hockey league that that does use crypto it's on the blockchain 32 franchises full rosters several franchises including Cameron Turner who's going to join us uh after the break um you know rebuilding in a hurry and the ottawa senators are, are doing that and if you're in a salary cap league you're loving that signing branston is not gonna put up a lot of uh, massive offense right now but he can contribute in other categories and you know you're in my opinion a fantasy league should cater to as many players depending on the size of the league obviously but if you want to be really serious about fantasy, you should have as many teams as the league and run it like an like the actual team, so that you're you're you know relying. And a guy tell me one time, Adam Larson will never be a fantasy defenseman. Well, that's you look at our league, and Adam Larson has value, and defensemen like him because we have shorthanded time on ice have value. So, I uh, you know I I don't think that this is. I think the Ottawa Senators are just getting this done because they like Branstrom and he's a good he's a good player for them. I still expect them to somewhere be involved in some way uh, with the Chikrin uh, trade offer, whatever that might be. Maybe they revisit it during the season. Maybe it's something that they possibly look at um, in the offseason or at the deadline even. Who knows? We will see what happens with uh, the the Senators and uh, obviously still more things could happen as you uh, approach uh the nhl off season you know training camp is weeks away so fun i'm i you know i i get so into sports through fantasy it's how i watch football on sundays you know i I'm, I'm a raiders fan but and i do draft raiders but i won't i will put my fantasy players ahead of that of my favorite team. And, I, and I'm so excited for hockey. I'm so excited for the for baseball playoffs and, and our fantasy league to get into that as well. Uh, so fantasy, uh, it is a lifestyle. It, it certainly is a lifestyle. How about this? Albert Pujols, his quest for 700 continues. He hit 695 last night as a pinch hitter. One back of A-Rod for fourth all time. I'm having a lot of fun watching Pujols. I hope he comes back next year. You know, he's he is uh, in a deep fantasy league, a great guy to have, and in Ultimate Fantasy League Baseball, we have Legends League implications, where Albert Pujols would definitely be considered legend. He's going to finish, uh, you know, fourth all-time. I'm, I'm sure he's going to pass A-Rod, and I would not be surprised if Pujols hits number 700 this season. I'd like him to come back. I'd like him to get 700 out of the way so he doesn't have to come back, but I'd like him to get 700 out of the way so he can just enjoy an off-season where he may or may not decide uh, to come back. All right, we are going to come back Come back after uh, this uh, short break here, and we're going to bring in Cameron Turner, who is the uh, owner and GM, uh, the president of Hockey Operations For the North Stars in UFHL, they've done a lot this offseason. They've got a lot going on off the ice that you'll want to know about. We'll also talk to them a little bit about uh, some college football. So this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We'll take a really short break and we will come back with our good friend, Cameron Turner. Uh, We're going to get back into action here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Uh, Just a quick reminder, the question of the day, what makes your fantasy league unique? Uh, You can chime in on the message board on Twitch. Alex says, hey, Dino, happy Monday. Great to see you. Thanks very much. King Willy Gaming, that's uh, Alex. And uh, Arnie says... Uh, Before the deadline, I never acquire players from my favorite team. Oh, that's interesting. That's a very cool strategy. I like that uh, from Arnie. So chime in there on our uh, question of the day and our top three. Guys drafted too early in fantasy drafts this year. And guys that I feel are going to not live up uh, to their hype. And Brady, just because at some point it's going to happen. James Conner. In, he'd never been a number one guy. And now he's going to be the number one guy and never been healthy. And Jerry Judy has just never lived up the hype and he's getting a lot of sleeper. I'm not saying don't draft these guys. I'm just saying don't draft them too high. That's my opinion about that. But that's just like my opinion, man. All right. Uh, I am excited about bringing in our next guest. We we tried it on Friday. We've tested since then. Please let it work as I bring in Cameron Turner of uh, the North Stars, the managing owner and president of Hockey Operations. Cameron, how are you?
3: Doing good. How are you?
1: I am excellent. I'm glad we were... uh, able to uh, connect on the show uh, and it worked. I apologize for making you sit there on uh, Friday when things didn't work out, but I'm glad we were able to uh, hook up today. And uh, You're uh, an owner in the UFHL. We're going to get to the North Stars in a second, but how did you land with UFS, uh, UFFS and the North Stars specifically?
3: Uh, well, first of all, uh, thank you for uh, having me back on today. I know we both had some issues with of twenty, uh, Tony had reached out to me you know that they were putting together the remainder of the UFHL they had already started with the pre-draft with about 12 teams I believe the total was and then I was in the second group that came in we did the draft in 2020 and kind of went from there but it was just a matter of Tony reaching out to me on Twitter and uh, I was really interested and got to looking at it and was able to do it and one of the better decisions I've ever made for sure
1: yeah it's uh it's amazing um I'm so glad I I chatted with Andrea Karanduk when I did and and found out about this and I was so hooked instantly. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of things I've had to learn about it, but the, one of the cool things is getting to design your own team, your own logo. We had so much fun with Duckman's domination. I love the North Stars look and the logo. Can you take us through, you know, why you went with the name and the look, North Stars, and what it means? Yeah, sure. Uh,
3: well, first of all, the name... It's obviously a play on North Stars. I'm a Dallas Stars fan. and I've always liked the North Stars design going back to Minnesota. And then I, of course, uh, here in Oklahoma, I have a lot of uh, Viking or Norse ancestry from that area. The Scandinavian region, a big mix, but a lot of Scandinavia and Britain. So I've always kind of uh, been intrigued by that. And then uh, my parents actually met at Northeastern Oklahoma A&M who is called the Norseman, so I just kind of... ...on uh, the flag of Oklahoma, where I'm from. I, I
1: love the personal touches. Um, you know, for you know, it's the same thing with all of my uh, names, as we're getting a closer look at uh, these awesome... Uh, this is your third jersey, right?
3: Uh, that blue there, that's our primary home.
1: Okay, okay.
3: Uh, and then... The white here is our primary away, and then we're just using the third jersey, and that's the one I sent you that we're taking inspiration from the Dallas Stars blackout jerseys. So we're in production getting these made, and we're very excited about them. Been working with Dallas over at Maplewood Hockey. And they're excellent, and they've been doing uh, the UFHL for not a long, time, but, uh, at least a year or so. And that's who have made our, this white one here. and. So I've been in contact with him. I just got these pictures back the other day, and we are getting ready to get into production with them. So these will be our thirds for the season, and eventually going to have uh, a white version as well, some kind of rever retro or just kind of a white take on this. This on here, like looking to have uh, flavor on the top, be able to kind of announce what jersey we're wearing, and then have graphics go for that the different guys when they.
1: I think that's uh, awesome to be able to, uh, you know, get involved. And and like you said, uh, you know, Dallas at Maplewood Hockey, you know, anybody can order these jerseys. Uh, It's a really, really cool look and, If people are interested, uh, they can just head to uffsports.com, click on the shop link, and uh, you can find uh, this logo, any other logos. uh, So many, you'll be able to find this one soon. So many cool things. I think think that's, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that makes this league that we play in unique that others may want to get involved in. Um, but it it's one of the things that makes it unique in that you get to actually market your brand and and you know I'm 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 you know I know my friends and family are loving when I show them different logos. What's the reaction that people are getting when you tell them about the 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 platform that you're involved in with the North Stars? I
3: would say a lot of extent, uh, people want to see the different designs and kind of want, they ask a lot of the question about you know where the idea came from or especially the people here in Oklahoma they can tell right away where the colors came from but like where you kind of about how I got involved and how, where the name came from and uh, with the new cast <laughs> logo pull them in and out we're kind of working on getting jerseys with them finalized before we kind of unveil everything uh, it's just kind of a lot of fun letting everybody see the different designs and you know, my family knows i've been doing these in notebooks since i was a very little kid so they're always excited to see new designs and just be able to see them come to life is a, a lot of fun very surreal
1: that's awesome uh to, for for something that you know it's a similar to to mooch and and his group was seven seas you know they played Different kind of world, global fantasy games, and, and now they're in similar leagues. So you've been playing fantasy for about twenty years. What what did you start with? Um, you know, how long have you been involved in in fantasy hockey? And you know, what was it that got you into fantasy uh, sports in the first place?
3: Uh, when I first started, it was football. Uh, fantasy football is huge here in Oklahoma and in the U.S. in general. Um, I grew up going to college football games and have been a massive fan. And, you know, back. Uh, when I was in high school, I started playing with friends. You know, my dad wanted to play, and so we would all have our leagues on Yahoo and started getting into hockey on Yahoo for a little while, played there for five or six years, and then had a little bit of a hiatus for a few years, but been, got back into it heavily for about seven or eight now, then hockey about three or four, and then really up heavily full-time about two and a half years now.
1: And man, have you been busy? Um, you know, I, I don't know if you need. Do you, I don't know if you need to take a break during this interview to make another trade, uh, or if or if that's something that you can hand something off to an assistant GM because you know even before we came on the air today, you'd made uh, more trades, or you know they're being announced at least. Um, you know, you're you're in the same boat as me. As I said on Friday, our goal was to try to catch you guys last year, and we couldn't do it. Uh, and then I love that both of us went after it this year and really retooled. Um, and like, I'm just trying to keep up with you, man. So once you stop making moves, I can take a break and give Craig some time off. But what a what an off season it's been for you. What made you say we're going for it now?
3: Well, uh, appreciate it. We're definitely excited about it. Got a lot more we're working on trying to uh, increase conversations and find maybe one or two more deals. But, uh, you know, I have the president of hockey operations. Our general manager is Tom Hutchison, and then director of scouting is Kurt Tech. So, uh, we get together, we chat and thread, and then with me working online a lot with design and with art, I'm able to be online and have the different conversations. So, I work the phones, and I'm able to get a different ideas and bring them all back to the guys, and we discuss things, and you know, Ger and I had a conversation on the phone for a while the other day. Tom and I messaged back and forth pretty much all day. And so we're just kind of uh, able to throughout the day. We want to do it it's been a matter of uh, building assets over the last couple of years, uh, not being able a to start with kind of growing with the league. And so we finally uh, found ourselves this year with Jason Robertson looking like a breakout star that we could potentially build around, and we had a large table of prospects we had some picks so i looked at it and thought now was a time where we could move some of what we've built up and position ourselves to make a run for the playoffs this year
1: well you're certainly doing that uh you know the the conference is a lot more competitive and it's amazing. Uh, just like in, in real life, uh, a team goes on a run and they have to rebuild. And we saw that with the Royals. Although I think Arnie's playing a little possum. I think that Royals roster is still pretty good, uh, even though they've sold it off. And, you know, when we look at uh, this league that we have, uh, you were brave. You went out and did some, like, I think you called it the way too early power rankings. But I love it. I love the power rankings. And this this actually could have even changed since you did this. I'm not sure because, you know, you guys have made some moves. Uh, um, the one thing I love, you put yourself in the top ten. That's confidence, and I love it. It's like the the Kevin Costner, you'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Like, you're coming off 31, and you think you can be top ten. That is absolute confidence, and I love it. What made you want to do the power rankings? Could this all could open you up to some bulletin board material for other teams as
3: well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if teams want to have confidence, conversations and develop rivalries based off it. You know, that's fun I, I definitely enjoy the banter, but uh, more than that, it's just something to kind of uh, use some of the editing and design uh, tools that I have. And, you know, going back to again, being childhood and just ranking college teams or stuff, but I just kind of have done this a lot. And I thought it'd be a good way to kind of give everybody a number to build off of or get, motivation from and to kind of market the league a little bit. And with the top 10 here, get to market the logos. And then when I do the full kind of show where I show the ratings that I have for everybody, I get the full branding there as well. And it is, you know, it's kind of a a larger score ranking. It's not necessarily where I think everybody is going to finish in the standings. It's more a combination of what I think of their offense, their defense and their goaltending. And then also, potential, which could mean, you know, lots of picks and prospects, or it could mean your whole roster is 22. So there's a lot that goes into it, and it's very fluid. So it definitely has changed a lot already since I did this, because I've made a few changes myself. So uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, and, you know, I hope it kind of brings some
0: additions.
1: Well, I think the creativity is awesome, and, and I encourage everybody in our league, everybody in fantasy Treat it like it's real. Do press releases. You know, we made a trade for Jason Zucker, and every press release, every trade we do, we try to attach a song to it and, you know, have some fun with it. You know, But in our league, you, you treat it like it's an actual franchise because it is professional fantasy hockey. And we're going to get, you can, I'm guessing you're going to want to update that video. So once it's updated and finished, we'll upload it to the YouTube channel, and then people can check out the full rankings. Have you had anybody reach out to you and say, I can't believe you didn't have us, here or you had us here, or like in fun, because I think that's the, the you know the the greatest thing about fantasy, other than winning, is chirping and having fun and you know being respectful about it, but still developing okay. rivalries. Has that happened already for you?
3: Oh yeah, and it took about as game exactly from where I thought it was going to come from. We have a fun one with the fun rivalry, you know. Arnie's always fun to chat with and. Around with, and then Brandon joined the league and, uh, and our assistant general manager. But I know, you know, he did. So that's on uh, other team messaged me saying, you know, we're looking to kind of advance or move into the top five or you know, what do you see here? We're kind of wanting to make a trade where you look like you have us uh, down a little bit in this area. So it's kind of facilitated a lot of the talks, I think, as well, because it gives everybody like each of their position groups
0: yeah
1: i think it's, uh, i think it 's like i said it 's uh, absolutely terrific on uh, on one thing it uh, it generates a lot of conversation, but as you said it also it 's good for branding and, and that 's what our league is about you can you know you can buy. Uh, the you know the duckman 's domination logo behind me. you can buy the North Stars logo that you see on the screen. You can get that, so it is awesome uh, for branding. so I really love that you did that and we 'll definitely get that up on the uh, the YouTube channel so uh we also on our platform has have college fantasy football in this terrific league, and I know as you mentioned you 're a big college uh football guy you have uh season tickets for Oklahoma State, so you went to the opener. What a wild game. I'm just looking at the score of that game, 58-44 over Central Michigan. Can you describe what going to a game at OSU is like for our viewers like myself who have never been?
3: I mean, the atmosphere in Stillwater is incredible. I've been going to games since I very little. My parents had season tickets uh, You know, when I was an infant and I was being watched by other people. So I grew up going to games. Hadn't had season tickets since 2000. 2006, so very this year, but you've been able to go to one or two a year, but it's, you know, a family atmosphere, really, everybody knows each other, uh, hold on, you don't really know everybody, there's 60,000 people there, but you <laughs> do, and it's a lot of fun, especially with us in a smaller state, Oklahoma, get a lot of headlines, and they're always so good at football, Foot band of brothers almost attitude of family in the stands and supporting the guys on the field. And it's a lot of fun. And this year, you know, there's a lot of anticipation, or excuse me, a lot of anticipation. A lot of one yard in the Big 12 championship game last year. So the team has a lot of experience coming back. And, uh, coach Gunn the team here game. And really, they were just rolling everything and kind of relaxed a little bit. Let's so talk about the locker room, for sure. All
1: right. Uh, we'll wrap this up. We're just getting a little bit of breakup. Hopefully, we can get this in. But Barry Sanders, your favorite athlete, uh, favorite player, is it simply the connection to Oklahoma State? Mainly, uh, uh, he was
3: the – Heisner in 88, the year I was born, so he was the one my parents were watching that year, so I've heard a lot of stories, and then I watched him when he was with Lions growing up. He's definitely the top guy in Stillwater. Uh, everybody loves him. He's you a know, super excellent player, of course, but he always was uh, respectful, You know, just scored the touchdown, tossed it back to the official, and he's just an incredible season in 88, the best individual season anybody's really had in college sports, so he's big in Stillwater, and I've always been a huge fan of him for sure.
1: Uh, that's awesome Uh, and you're right uh, he is uh, one of the best for many many reasons Uh, Cameron this was a lot of fun I'm glad we got a chance to uh, catch up and uh, it's a wonderful logo you're doing awesome things off the ice first of all tell us about Drake quickly tell us uh, about Drake because not many uh, fantasy teams have something that you have oh yeah Uh, Drake we love
3: he's catched as we say back in June. Uh, He's our digital mascot. Uh, uh, He's a little dragon from Sweden. Uh, We brought in uh, an artist over there. Her name is Mio. She's done a lot of work in the NHL and so I had seen her work before and reached out to her and uh, she was interested with the Norse theme and so I I asked her to kind of find a fun character Norse elements in it and uh, she put together Drake and did a job. We absolutely love him and just kind of use him for marketing and he helps us kind of sell our brand and our team
1: oh that's absolutely wonderful thank you so much for joining me today Cameron best of luck uh relax on the trades a little bit so my phone doesn't burn up every time you make another one and then I have to make another one so maybe we have to call a truce or something but in all honesty you're doing an awesome job uh, on the off season and the branding and uh, we're lucky to have you in our league thanks so much for joining me
3: Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Always good chatting with you. and look forward to another fun season if the shall See if you can catch us, uh, we're kind of got a little bit of a lead, but you were coming right with some of those straight-making. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Excellent. There's uh, Cameron Turner of the North Stars. Man, that guy has been, you know, just killing it in the off season in our league. Uh, that branding is uh, definitely on point. Uh, UFF Sports says, yay, Cameron. Big fans of the North Stars. Tony says, I remember working on the North Stars logo. And as uh, as uh, Cameron said, Malty did a great job of that one. One of the uh, OGs, as Larry says. Oh, and then the North Stars, we did, they just, like, I guess maybe uh, Cameron was making a trade while talking to me. That's how talented he is. Because they just acquired Grandland from the Monarchs. Like we just went out a trade. Now they counter us, and oh my God, I'm gonna have to get off the get off this show maybe early to go make another trade or something. Andrea says Cam is one of a kind. I agree. I think it was an awesome uh, brand. I absolutely love it. So okay, well uh, that means now I have to go and try and make another trade because they just picked up Grandland. We we looked at Grandland. Just didn't have the assets that uh, Cameron had. You know, we, we've we made a multiple amount of trades as well, but nothing like that. That is impressive, uh, to say the least. All right. When we come back, Fantasy Thunderdome NHL edition. This is going to be fun, and this is a debate that's kind of been going on in our Telegram chat uh, for a while and in the NHL involving two Canadian team superstars. Fantasy Thunderdome. Two players enter, one leaves. That is coming up next here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. We're back in a second. 445 Eastern on a holiday Monday. Hope you're all enjoying yourselves uh, and will get a chance to spend some time with your family members or friends or actually, you know what? I I don't really care who you spend time with as long as you're having fun and you're being safe. uh, That's all that really matters. Honestly, do what you want to do. Watch what you want. It's not going to really make a big difference to anybody else. Just have fun and be safe. That's, uh, that's all that anybody is worried about. Okay, uh, that was a fun interview uh, with uh, Cameron Turner of the North Stars in Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. But right now, it is time to have a little bit more fun. We'll get to some top-shelf uh, Fantasy Night performances, uh, as well as uh, some injuries that have to be concerning for a lot of people In fantasy right now. Uh, There's unfortunately a lot of guys going down. But right now, let's get to it. Fantasy Thunderdome. Welcome
0: to another edition of Thunderdome.
1: You'd be cocky and arrogant even when you're getting beat. Two men enter, one man leaves. Prediction? Yes, prediction. And right now, I've got two men. It's serious. All right. Indeed, this is serious. Fantasy Thunderdome. Two players enter, one leaves. And we've got two men. So here's your choice on Fantasy Thunderdome today. You got Sniper Leon Dreisaitl on the left. And 60-goal man Austin Matthews on the right. So, what do you think? You going Dreisaitl or Matthews? This year only. That's where you're picking. This is not the rest of their careers. This is this year. Who are you taking between these two snipers. Dreisaitl turns 27 October in October. Matthews turns 26 in September. So they're almost a, a year apart. Dreisaitl has 245 goals in 558 games. Matthews has him there. 259 goals in just 407 games. Dreisaitl. Obviously, has produced more points, 616 and 558, where Matthews, uh, the more of a goal scorer, has 457. Drysidle has a pair of 50-goal seasons. He scored 50 and 55, whereas Matthews has one 50-goal season. It was last year, and it was a 60-goal season. I don't think Matthews has ever scored less than 34 in a season, which is pretty impressive. So, Fantasy Thunderdome Presents...
0: Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! You'd be cocky and arrogant, even when you're getting beat. Two men enter, one man leaves. Uh, prediction?
1: Yes, prediction. Hey, and right now, I've got two men. It's serious. Indeed. Wise guy Prospect says, why not Eichel versus Matthews? Because I'm the only guy that would take Eichel over Matthews. I'm the only guy that remembers how successful he is. And if you put Matthews in Buffalo, where Eichel came up, he would have the same numbers. I think Jack Eichel is getting written off so bad. And, and, like, I don't know. People don't remember how bad that Buffalo team was. And there was no Marner. There's no Tavares. There's no Nylander. No Riley. I mean, it's a tire fire. I think Eichel's going to be a point leader, one of the point leaders this year. I also would take Drysdale in in this because I think uh he's a more complete uh more he's going to get more points. I think Matthews is a terrific goal scorer, but this year I I would take Drysdale this year. Maybe it's I see him more I'm so glad that Austin Matthews finally got to the 50-goal mark so that people can stop saying Austin Matthews isn't very good because he hasn't scored 50 goals because it was so stupid. It took him a little bit longer than than probably people thought, but the guy has done nothing but score goals. Like I think, like I said, his lowest is 34. Alex says, yes, Eichel has everything to prove this year with a strong offense around him for the first time ever. And, you know what, think of it, he's finally got a little bit healthy, The Buffalo Sabres weren't going to let him have this surgery for whatever reason. Um, So I expect big things. You know, the demise of the Vegas Golden Knights is a little bit early. So between the two guys, Dreisaitl and Matthews, who would you take? Let's put up a poll. Who do you like this Year in Fantasy. Dreisaitl or Matthews? So you can chime in on the uh, Twitch chat. Poll question at the top. It'll be there for the next little while. You can also uh, just jump in on the message board. And you can get us, as usual, at our Twitter details. UFS Network, UFF Sports. You get us on Instagram UFF Sports Official. The website is uffsports.com, and you can email us at any time info at uffsports.com. The question we're asking in this segment is: Who do you take between Dreichel... Or, <laughs> Dreichel. I just combined Dreisil and Eichel. Again, stop reading when you're talking. Who do you take between Dreisil and Matthews, the two top goal scorers? In the last four or five years. Like, and the other thing, I don't think Eichel's going to get 50 goals this year. So I don't think I would include him in this. I think Eichel can get 100 points, but I think, although Mark Stone might get 70 assists with Eichel, who knows. But in this question, just for this season, who you got? Matthews or Dreisaitl? Love to get your thoughts on this one uh, and anything else that you would feel like chatting about uh, on the show. We'd love to uh, get your questions. We still uh, will get uh, Jamie Thomas on the program. <laughs> Larry says, I'll take Dreichel for 50. Yeah, I'm sure Dreisaitl and Eichel will combine for at least uh, 25 goals. Imagine if you could just, like, clone guys. I'll just take Dreikel. Well, if they played on the same line, that would be it, right? That would be the, the, the two-word name, combined name for them. Dreikel. Dreikel for the win. All right, uh, so that's Fantasy Thunderdome. Who do you have between Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews? And again... You want to bring up why I didn't put Jack Eichel in there? Because nobody is, is, gives Jack Eichel enough respect to, to, uh, to warrant that. People are writing him off, and Vegas, in way, way prematurely. Uh, Blue Jays won, by the way. Kevin Gossman really got into it with uh, an umpire over a balk that he was called for which he has done all season. So it's kind of bizarre in that regard. Uh, Okay. We told you about some key injuries in major league baseball. Um, If you're setting your lineup for tonight, and I think a bunch of games are about to start uh, in an hour or so. uh, And you haven't been paying attention. Here is uh, your reminder. Andrew Benatendi. He's going to have hand surgery. The Yankees left fielder broke a bone in his right hand on Friday and he needs surgery to get the remainder of the bone uh, to remove it. It could be it for him. Uh, he's a former Red Sox as well. There's only about a month left, and that minimum they say takes minimum five weeks. Now, who knows? Maybe he plays with some sort of cast. I don't know how you would hold a bat with a cast or catch or anything like that. You, can, you know, it's not football or hockey, but he's a free agent, uh, and he's and he's like barely been a Yankee. They they picked him up. He did hardly anything in the first little while. He's been a little bit better as of late. Um, But they also traded for him when he had plantar fasciitis, and that takes a while to come back. Zach Pleszak. If you have Zach Pleszak in fantasy, you should be very mad at Zach Pleszak again. Do you know why? Because Zach Pleszak has injured himself Again. Ah, this is so frustrating for fantasy owners when players do this themselves. So, the Guardians, they were on a five-game losing streak, now tied with the Twins atop the Central Division. And there's no wild card team for either of these teams if they don't get in. They're both five back for the Blue Jays of that spot. So, the Orioles could catch the Blue Jays, but... The Guardians need to win the division or bust. And they just lost two-fifths of their starting rotation. Uh, Aaron Savali hit the IL with forearm inflammation. And Zach Plesak, this is the more frustrating one. Zach Plesak broke the pinky on his pitching hand while punching the ground after giving up a two-run home run.
0: Some bullcrap. Come
1: on, that's terrible. He broke his thumb last May when aggressively pulling off his shirt after a poor outing. Shame. Shame. Just what you need. Just what anybody needs. Uh, a guy hurting himself, taking himself out of contention. The Twins placed Jorge Polanco and Tyler Mali again on the IL. Uh, knee inflammation for Polanco. And uh, Molly, um, I think that's how you pronounce it, two innings and 37 pitches in return. He just came back. So he's going to miss the final eight games against Cleveland at the very least, which are massively important, uh, along with half of the uh, regular season. They have 17, the Twins have 17 players on the Major League injured list. That is unbelievable. Nick Castellanos, uh, strained oblique. Could have postseason implications for the Phillies. And Austin Meadows, uh, out for the season due to mental health. So congratulations to Austin Meadows who realized that this is, this is not going well. It's not helping. I'm just going to take some time, shut it down. I did that just after January. I had to get things back on track. I applaud anybody uh, for taking a break mentally when you need it. Um, don't ever be think it's wrong. You would do the same thing if you were rehabbing a back or an elbow or anything, you would take the time. So Austin Meadows, bravo on um, taking the time that you need uh, to get right before you get back in action. So that is awesome. I love that. Uh, and I also love these uh, top-shelf fantasy performers from last night. TJ Friedel of the Reds and the Wheat Sox. That's an awesome logo. The Prairie Wheat Sox. Every time I drive home, I think of them. He had 20 points in a doubleheader, so that helps out. He went four for eight, a couple of homers, three RBIs, two runs, and an OPS of 1.806. Seth Brown, right behind in the points department of the A's and the Outlaws, 18 points, three for four, two homers, three RBIs, a couple of runs scored, and an OPS of three. We also saw... Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks and Moonshot. Pretty impressive stuff from Zach Gallen, who had an 18-point night, seven innings, no earned runs, so gets the quality start as well as the win. Gave up just two hits and struck out seven. And Jose Urquidy of uh, the Astros and Circa Sports Trout. 18 points through seven innings, No earned runs, gets the quality start. Picks up the win, four hits, and eight strikeouts. So awesome stuff there from the Wheat Sox, Outlaws, Moonshots, and Trout. Uh, Moonshots, Wheat Sox in the top 10 of UFLB, uh, having a really strong season. Uh, Trout loaded up uh, for the future. It is going to be a dynasty at some point for Circus Sports Trout. They went 17-0 last year in the regular season. Larry says, uh, Eichel looking lethal at the BioSteel camp by the sounds of it. He could definitely go off this season in Vegas. And Alex, King Willie Gaiman says, I'll take Matthews over Leon there, but I like Eichel's chances to keep up to both. You can't wait to see that Vegas team take the ice. Yeah, I think this is going to be a third 50-goal season for Dreisaitl. And I think he's just getting more and more motivated by Matthews and, and, and McDavid getting a lot of the attention, rightfully so. They're lethal players, and Matthews was the uh, Rocket Richard Trophy winner this year. But I also think Jack Eichel coming to the West, like, the West is going to be so deadly. It's going to be so much fun. Eichel there for a full year. It's awesome. All right, uh, still to come on the program today. In the second hour of the show, we will have an NHL preview with uh, the Calgary Flames presented by Dauber Hockey. We'll do that next. We'll jump in to our Flames preview. Jamie Thomas is our scouting director for football at UFFS. He's also on the Jets radio broadcast. And we will get to games to watch this evening in the sporting world. Thank you very much uh, for tuning in to Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash Ultimate Fantasy Sports. Duck out for a quick drink of water, get things set up for our next segment, and we'll be back right away. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh,
1: very much for uh, sticking around here on the uh, second hour of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, and this is uh, the marsh just outside of Edmonton, as I like to say. A bit of a slow connection today uh, going on, so I apologize for that. Uh, big thanks to Cameron Turner, who joined us on the show earlier. Uh, he of the North Stars in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, we are also going to speak with uh, Jamie Thomas in this hour of Jets TV. And he's also our uh, scouting director uh, with Ultimate, Fan- Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Uh, chime in on our uh, question of the day. We'll bring that up again for you. Uh, that was, what makes your fantasy league unique uh, based on the fact that this video uh, we played for you earlier, where is it here? This is a, a fantasy league where this is how they decide their first overall pick. Do a shot, a little beer pong, some commentary in the background. Like this is, all, this is next level. So that's our question of the day. What makes your fantasy league unique? People in our chat saying crypto. Yeah, that's our league is unique because of crypto. But look at that guy's uh, sprinting. That's awesome. So that's the question of the day and our uh, top three. Three guys getting drafted way too early in fantasy football. I'm going with Brady, James Conner, and Jerry Judy. But right now, it is time to get to our Calgary Flames preview. Brought to you by dauber hockey we didn't get the chance to do this on friday because we had technical problems so i'm really excited about it and i gotta tell you i am uh i'm pretty excited about this calgary flames team and this comes from a kid who grew up hating the flames but you know sometimes you have to take your heart out of it and look with your head and realize this is a damn good lineup again this is a, a team that won the division last year lost to the Oilers in the playoffs, which was just an awesome series, and I want seven more games of it. And then it looked like they were getting dismantled. And as we talked to Peter Labardius last week, it was the summer of tree living where he lost Goudreau. He lost um, Kachuk and then rebuilt it. Larry says, that draft combine comment about auto-drafting was classic. Yeah, that was the best. He said the best thing. Somebody said the best thing is they won that and then auto-drafted and ended up with seven quarterbacks or something like that, a bunch of kickers. That was good. That was, you know what, like uniqueness right there, 10 out of 10. So when we take a look at this new Flames lineup, Jonathan Huberto, the Royals, are liking this. Um, You know, he was... He was on an offensive team, obviously, in Florida, but I think this Calgary team isn't going to take a step back offensively. Like, Huberto could actually produce more because of Elias Lindholm. The Stingrays and the Royals loving that combination in UFHL, and so should Flame fans. Huberto gives you something Gaudreau didn't. He kills penalties. Five-tool player. And then Noah Hannafin I went with uh, instead of a guy like Anderson because of goals. And sometimes goals are more than assists in fantasy league. So Because I think he had 10 goals last year. So that's what I'm going with uh, as far as the top three fantasy stars. Hubert O'Lindholm and Hannafin. There's lots of other choices. The Flames have depth, and it's going to be fun. Uh, The breakout player, Noah Hannafin with Kamakazi in the UFHL, by the way. Stingrays, you see that logo just below the Royals for Elias Lindholm? They're in the finals of our logo challenge right now. So you can check that out, uffsports.com slash bracket, logo bracket. or Sorry, uffsports.com slash bracket challenge. Apologize for that. Uh, Dylan Dubé of the Monarchs is uh, my pick uh, for a breakout player. He's had some really uh, interesting playoff performances and, you know, somebody's going to get soft matchups at Calgary. Why not Dylan Dubey? That third line, they could get some bonus points for you in fantasy. Obviously, Backlund makes a little bit too much money, but the Flames moved their big-ticket guy that was going to play low in the lineup in Sean Monaghan. So Dubé is my breakout player, and my sleeper is Blake Coleman. Just because he can fill out some different categories. I want to check out uh, the lineups for Dauber Hockey now. Those lineups that we had up there, those are from uh, Puckpedia and, and Daily Faceoff, where they get them. This is the lineup right here. I don't know why it's, there we go, it's not highlighted. Uh, this is the lineup that Gober Hockey is going with. Huberto, Elias Lindholm, Toffoli. Dube on the second line getting a bump with Kadri and Majapani. Coleman on the third line with Backlund and Lewis. Matthew Phillips with Kevin Rooney and Lucic. Uh, you got some extra guys there as well. Hannafin Rasmus-Anderson, Valamaki uh, Valimaki uh, getting a bump into the lineup with Mackenzie Wieger, that will really help. And Zadorov, Chris Tanef, a royal favorite, and Jacob Markstrom. Wasn't as good as he wanted to be in that series with the Oilers, but still, uh, I think he's a terrific goalie. And is he the best goalie in the division? Maybe him and Thatcher Demko? Um, Larry says, it's hard to envision that lineup. So many new faces as key players. Shocking they might come out ahead when the dust settles. So many new faces. You forgot all those former Canucks now. And he says, Dubes is a great pick for breakout player. He's got another level offensively. I think he'll take a step. Yeah, well, if he gets the, the, uh, Dauber hockey push where he's on the second line with Kadri, definitely. um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's good. I, I literally wrote the flames off. And I love, I love that when we were talking with Pierre Labardius the other day, he was like, when I said, hey, you know, when I saw the return for Brad, for um, Kachuk, I thought uh, the account got hacked. And I did, I, I honestly did. I thought that, the account for Elliott Friedman had been hacked. And I love that Peter's like, yeah, me too. Because who like, honestly, I'm still wondering how the heck they got that return. Everybody knew Kachuk wasn't signing. So this is a Flames team that's gonna do some damage. I think it's uh I think it's uh Oilers. Or not Oil. Yeah, Oilers and uh Flames for the division. That's my pick for the division, the two front runners. So would love to hear what you think of this roster uh for the Calgary Flames as compared to last. I don't think they're gonna play a whole lot different. You know, Daryl Sutter's gonna know he knows he needs goal scorers, he's gonna lean on those guys. He had a couple of hundred-point guys last year. I don't see why Huberto can't get more than what Goudreau and Kachuk had last year. I don't know if that Nazem Kadri is going to, but somebody. And maybe the Flames don't have 200-point guys. Maybe Huberto has a whole lot more. I'm not sure. But I, I like this Flames team. Sorry, I disappeared on you there. I like this Flames team a lot. I like what uh, Bradtree Living, the former King, did uh, in the offseason. So, by the way, our uh, poll question... Where did it go now? There it is. The view, the results of our poll question. Matthews, 58% of the vote to 42% over Dreisaitl on Twitch. So thanks to everybody who chimed in on that. Okay, I'm going to duck out and get uh, Jamie Thomas set up uh, for our next segment. We're going to talk a lot of stuff with JMO. We're going to go around the horn in a bunch of different sports. So Uh, In the meantime, give you a little treat here, and you can enjoy uh, these mascots uh, just crushing it at a halftime event. We're back with Jamie Thomas in just a second. Thank you very much for sticking around. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed those mascots. Just absolutely, uh, just dominating in that uh, halftime game. See, I don't have kids. I could totally laugh at that. If I had kids, I'd probably be like, "What's going on? Shouldn't be doing that to kids." But because I don't, I can totally uh, laugh at that kind of stuff. Um, as I would have done with our next guest uh, before he had kids. Um, Now he has kids and he can't laugh at that sort of stuff because that would be being a bad dad. As I bring in our good friend (laughs) and our director of scouting at UFFS, Jamie Thomas. Like, I I can laugh at kids getting destroyed in in that manner. What about you, man?
2: Uh, 100%, uh, especially if it's not your kids. So I got a great story for you. Uh, I don't remember, I don't know if you ever went to, do you remember Flintstone Park in Kelowna, Dino when, cause you grew up in the West, you would know this. Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah. Okay. So good. Uh, every once in a while they would bring out the mascots. I can't remember what time. So we'd go there every year. And I remember one time, uh, my brother was probably about six and we were waiting for Fred and Barney to come out. They didn't come out. The grand Poopa came out and <laughs> my brother <laughs> ran up. My brother ran up and punched Grand Pooba in the nuts, so he's so mad that, my, that Fred and Barney weren't out there, so he, the Grand Pooba chased my brother around in a circle at not Park.
0: I'll never forget Oh, that is so, so brilliant!
2: And I'll never, I'll never forget my first year with the Lespert Turkeys. It was like ninety-seven, ninety-eight, and Twister kid. Steve was the guy that was wearing Twister's costume. Some kid punched him in the mouth <laughs> and <laughs> chipped. Some kid punched him in the mouth and chipped his tooth. He was so mad. So, there's. So, it's it, it's not it's not funny, but it is funny because sometimes. I just and don't you remember Billy Hill's cop when that little when Eddie Murphy's inside the costume and he shows yeah. that kid in the water at the park. So I always think of that whenever I think of mascot abuse of kids. So I'm sure if it's your kid that's getting you know pushed over and dominated at a playoff you know at a halftime show by a mascot, they're just angry people sometimes, man. Because the abuse that mascots takes outside of Gritty maybe because Gritty's got an entourage, but I just I, I can understand why they get a little bit frustrated sometimes and take it out on the kids.
1: Oh, man. Not that they the,
2: should.
1: No, Not that they the, should. The, the, yeah. the kids don't
2: really know any better, but it has to no. be
1: just hell in that costume for mascots at times. No,
2: you, 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 please make sure you have Paul Edmonds on your show sometime. He's got a great story about the left-bridge bull or something like that, about how someone barfed in the costume, and oh. no one would apply fly. No one would apply for the job to replace the Lethbridge Bull. So please, let, he has to tell the story because I was crying when he told me the story. And every time he tells me it, I cry even harder because it's just so funny. So I, whenever you have him on, please ask him about the Lethbridge Bull story.
0: Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, we'll do yeah. that.
2: Okay, let's. Get I can in... set. A, I can set that up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we we, ha- yeah. we have to get that because that is.
2: Yeah. Oh my God! I
1: can't. I can't like, how, how, wouldn't you just throw the costume out?
2: I, they didn't. They dry-cleaned everything. Ugh. But as you know, the, the smell of barf doesn't easily no. come out of anything. so nothing. No. <laughs> so, especially uh. a costume. <laughs> just That must just smell so bad in there. I've never put one on. I've never put a head of a mascot on, but I've heard stories, so I can imagine.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's crazy. Hey, do, can you do me a favor? Can you just log out, yeah. log back in? I'm having a lip sync issue. Yeah. I'll see if that works out, and then we'll get into okay. uh, the rest of it. So, Jamie Thomas of Jets TV or Jets Radio. Oh my God, I I, I just love the little kid stories. It's like the the um, one of the greatest characters of all time is is Tanner from like uh, Bad News Bears okay i got jamie back like that the, the character tanner in bad news bears one oh, of the greatest of all time
2: yeah like some i remember i was going to show my kids bad news bears and i watched it for a little bit i'm like i no no like some of the stuff he says i'm like it's completely you cannot it's insane i'm like they said some crazy stuff in the 70s on comedies that yeah. and i remember six pack was another one with Kenny rogers remember when Kenny rogers was a race car driver they yeah. had that kid the six pack of little kids as his pit crew that was like there was some horrible yeah. language in that yeah. one and that's like i went to the movie theater to see that dino like i just don't know what see, my parents were thinking when they took well, us they to see were those they needed a break yeah. they were like i don't care yeah. what you see just go yeah. just get in the theater our dads were like
1: just get out of my house so I don't rip yeah. the walls down. That's what our dads were like.
2: I'm still like that so yeah, yeah, you Exactly. It passes down yeah. for generations. Yeah. I don't have I don't have kids. Fast enough. Yeah.
1: I don't have kids and I, I yell at kids on the sidewalk at my place. That's yeah. I'm who I am. So I'd...
2: Get off the sidewalk. Yeah, exactly. There's that mean Mr. Millard guy. <laughs> That's right. Okay, <laughs> okay, let's
1: let's talk some fantasy. And I threw this question out about three guys, uh, or, or maybe you have more or not, I'm not sure, but guys getting drafted mm-hmm. too high. At some point, Brady's going to take a step back. He's had all kinds of stuff going on, so that's one. James Conner, for me, has never been that guy. He's going to be the guy now, and he's never been the healthy guy. So I think even after, he's going to take a step back. And Judy has never lived up to the hype. I know he's getting a lot of sleeper attention. So those are three guys for me. Do you disagree with any of those guys, or do you have a different list?
2: No, I have a different list. But those three guys make a lot of sense, you know, because I think – I mean, we've been counting Tom Brady out forever. But I think that's the one – my wife doesn't pay any attention to football until there's like some story behind it. And as we know, the Giselle Bundchen and Tom Brady rumors are running rampant right now. And if there's any type of marital issues or personal problems, I think it's hard for anybody to focus on anything. And uh, to hear Tom Brady say, man, I'm 45 plus years old, got a lot of shit going on. Like that, that is life in a nutshell with kids and, and marriage, right? So it's if those types of things are coming in, plus the fact that their offensive line is pretty beat up, I just mm-hmm. think there's a chance he's going to get drafted too high. I agree with you with James Conner. There's just not enough of – there's not enough there for me to say, okay, this guy deserves to be as high as he is. We're just so running back desperate in football and fantasy football that you're just like, I'll take anybody. And I I got two running backs on my list of drafting too high. And Jerry Judy, same thing. There's just too small of a sample size Mm -hmm. to say, okay, he's a great player and this is going to happen. But I haven't seen it enough times to sit there and go, okay, this is why I'm going to take him that high. And I I took Jerry Judy's teammate on Denver, and that's Javonta Williams. And I'm sure a lot of people have done the same thing. You have to draft running backs, but they have that dreaded running back by committee. And I know Javonta Williams is more talented. He's proven that he's the better pass-catching back. But as long as Melvin Gordon's hanging around, that's that's going to be an issue. And the Broncos, I saw, I looked this up or saw this the other day, the Broncos haven't had a running back with 300 PPR points since Clinton Portis in 2003. And we've always heard all these great things about Denver and the running backs from a fantasy perspective. So I just think Javonta Williams is there. Cam Akers is another one. Mm-hmm. I actually ironically have both these guys on some one of my 8 million fantasy teams. And Cam Akers is it, – it is – He's still – he had an Achilles injury. He's coming off. It. He's, he's, I know he's fully over it, but it's always – you can't help tell me you haven't lost a step just a little bit with that type of injury. And same thing, the, the running back room is totally loaded with Kyron Williams. who was drafted from Notre Dame. And then uh, Daryl Darryl Henderson's always hanging around. Plus, they've added Allen Robinson as a receiver. So, Matthew Stafford has all these choices of where to go. Is Cam Akers going to justify being RB 18? I, I I just don't see it. But you're still going to draft him there just on the ability with the Rams' offense. Maybe that'll work out for you. And last but not least, from your beloved Raiders, Hunter Renfro. Renfro had 128 targets last year, and that's because there wasn't much to go around. There wasn't many places else to go. Um, in, in in Oakland, or sorry, Las Vegas. Gosh, there's so many places the Raiders have been. I would lose track. But anyways, in Las Vegas. So now that Devonta Adams is there, a lot of people, you know, Darren Waller's healthier. I like to I throw the "er" on there because yeah. he's had some hamstring injuries, injuries, but there's just a lot of options too. So I just don't think Hunter Renfro is going to justify his ADP, but we're going to have to see how that is uh, when this all settles down. So those are my three guys that I think will likely be drafted too high. Yeah, and, and like I'm or saying. Have, I'm... And have been drafted too high.
1: Yeah, and, and draft these guys. I'm not saying don't draft them, but just don't yeah, go way too early. Yeah, just just don't go yeah. way too early on those guys because that happens all the time. People panic. It's like goalies mm-hmm. in hockey or, or whatever it might be. Um, when we talked yeah. the other day, uh, Deshaun Watson obviously dominated the offseason, but now we're yes. in season, week one. So what do you think are the biggest three storylines heading into the fantasy football season right now?
2: I still think, you know, Deshaun Watson leads the way because of he will continue to be a distraction for the Cleveland Browns even when he's not on the field. And then when it gets closer and, like, it's a month out, they're going to be asking about when he's coming back. It's just going to be a big pain in the butt for the players that are playing and then even when he gets back. So I don't know how this whole thing is going to settle out. You can't tell me Jacoby Brissett is going to be the answer to mm-hmm. anything. I, I just don't see anybody rushing out to draft him, even though they have a tremendous offense, a tremendous team. But that, to me, still remains a top story heading in. And then, I know I'm a Dolphins fan, but you can't tell me that Tua Tungavolo is not a big storyline hand this year, considering the Dolphins have said, okay, here you go. We know that you're just coming over, that coming out of that hip injury. At least that's what they're saying. Everyone's saying we should have drafted Justin Herbert. You know, I'm not, I know they're not saying that to him. All the criticisms are coming. You know i think kurt warner is one of the few people i've heard backing up to a so now it's his time to shine the offensive line is better they have all these options and you have mike McDowell as your head coach so he's going to drop some nice game plans for you in the whole scheme of things so he is a story to me as this this one goes on because if he doesn't work how does that mean for the dolphins uh, quarterback situation moving down the road here and last but not least trey lance Right, we there. We speak of small sample sizes. The guy barely played any games in college, and he goes fifth overall to the Forty ers And I know these guys know what they're doing, and I get that. And they're not going to spend that kind of draft capital because the guy is not going to be good. But you're you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And I know sitting in ba- Jimmy sitting the Jimmy G sitting in the background. They kept him around, so that still is going to be a story. Oh, you said Trey Lance is the guy, but you're still keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around. So which one is it, is he the answer or is he's or oh, we're going to wait to see if he's going to be able to handle it that so I know that's kind of that's three quarterbacks but quarterbacks run fantasy football yeah. I don't care what anybody says it, it and they run the NFL so it, it those three guys we're going to be watching throughout the year to see how this all turns because you're you're having three organizations that are riding heavily on those three players.
1: Uh, Larry says, uh, "What goes around comes around for those mascots. Mac T on Harvey the <laughs> Hound is an all time legend. Oh, that yeah. was that was yeah, that was yeah. that's maybe the greatest mascot moment ever." I,
2: and you know what? I we had. I know there wasn't a lot of great times in Edmonton with the Oilers when Craig McTavish was the head coach, but there the the news conferences were legendary. Oh, yeah. Like great. there was like when he called out Gene Fritz Bay looking like a lounge singer that one time when when I was in sports then we were wearing jeans and the, the crazy coat and the Don and the Cherry jackets yeah. and stuff like that. So he, so, but Mac T was the best. So the fact that he had that grabbed out Harvey's tongue in the battle of Alberta, it was just so perfect. Right. And Billy Moores has this big smile on his face yeah. on the bench. Like there's, we will like that. You can never forget that. That is like, mascot abuse at its finest, but it's still funny as hell. So it's just it's hard to forget that one. So Larry's absolutely right.
1: Two favorites from Mac T was uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different results and his lipstick on a pig. He loved that line and he was great. He was, he sometimes, you know, as a a TV guy, you're like, I just need 15 seconds and Mac T would go on for like three minutes or whatever, but he was great. He was fun to be around for sure.
2: How how about that time he said we're the only team in the NHL that has to walk through a bar to get a the dressing room? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true. It was so dumb. It was so dumb. How was there not more incidents in that arena?
2: I, I just remember, like, they would come off the ice and people would be booing them when they're walking into oh, the dressing room. It's throwing like, beer? I'm like, this is, like, the most insane setup in yeah. by far in the league. It was cool when they were doing well, but and the walk-offs were great when they'd walk off into that glass off um, – Place mm-hmm. where Gene would do the interviews, but that was a that was a bad idea, and I'm surprised more incidents didn't come from it because there were not a lot of good times. No, especially you remember when when the Oilers lost 22 of their final 23 games, like that was oh, just like yeah. the the worst end to any season that I've ever seen in a long time covering this game.
1: I, I remember that po- those post game shows they they were awful, they were horror awful. Um, yeah. bad horror idea, jeans. Bad idea, genes yeah. was that that was like a terrible idea to have them walk through. Okay. <laughs> We talked about, uh, do you remember that skit? Bad idea jeans, that was so good. Oh, yeah, we, of course. we talked, about, how can I forget? You know, he's a recovering uh crack addict, but I thought, what the hell? Let him stay on the po- couch. Bad idea jeans, I know we, I usually protection, but we just met at a resort. Bad idea jeans, and then they play basketball, yeah, they're just getting crushed.
3: Yeah,
1: oh, uh, anyway, I don't. Uh, we talked about guys that are overrated. What about who's a guy who's not getting enough love, in your opinion? Uh, I'm not saying the most underrated, but a guy who maybe somebody could be like, oh, maybe I can sneak this guy in in the later rounds or something.
2: I, I still think I this is kind of... I still think Patrick Mahomes is kind of being left on the lurch here because mm. of the departure of Tyreek Hill. And it's not because he's not being talked about. I just think there's a little bit of, oh, the Chiefs are in trouble. I'm like, man, I we have been watching Patrick Mahomes for enough time now to see and then have Andy Reid dialing up all these different plays. Like, he'll he'll find a way to make – he's still, to me, one of the best uh, out there. I, I know there's the running option of Josh Allen. We went over this with Justin Herbert and stuff like that. But just Patrick Mahomes is still the top quarterback. Uh, in the NFL to me right now with that. So I know he's still a big name, but I just think the loss of Tyreek Hill is completely being over, overwritten here at this point uh, for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs.
1: It's interesting. And and that sometimes uh, does happen and you know, whether Mm -hmm. it motivates Mahomes or not, it could be a benefactor because people read too much into those situations.
2: Yeah. I think so. And I mean, we're always looking for the downfall of somebody, you know, like the yeah. fact that Josh Allen never was. well. Well, he's led QB points in fantasy for two years in a row. Couldn't possibly do a three years in a row Well, he's still pretty good. So we're just always trying to downgrade things. So you just don't want to be that guy. Oh, he's the best ever. And then you look like an idiot. If a guy takes a step back, I just don't see Patrick Mahomes taking a step back. And I mean, this, I mean, this division is going to be much watched TV all year long. And, you, there was a time where the AFC West, because of the Raiders and the Broncos, just weren't there. That's not this year. This year will be like, I got to tune in every time the AFC West goes to work because we're going to be entertained. It'll be like that North Carolina game. I can't even remember. Oh, Appalachian State. Yeah. Like I just like when you look at games in the schedule in week one of college football, you're like, oh, yeah, North Carolina and Appalachian State. No, that's not what you're saying. This will be, this will be obvious with the AFC West when we have to watch every, every week whenever those, whenever those four teams come across one another's paths uh okay
1: let's talk college football uh big weekend mm-hmm. obviously uh week one as opposed to week zero i didn't understand that but we have the ultimate college fantasy football league <laughs> yeah. yeah um <laughs> I, I watched a, i watched a little bit of the tcu colorado buffaloes game on uh saturday night yeah. after after some tennis but the big story is is the the uh, the extra point walk-off against lsu is that the the big story for for florida or, or what awesome. was your, kind of your takeaways this weekend
2: uh, well, I think there, there's many ways of looking at it. Like, Lincoln Riley left last year, went to USC, brought his quarterback with them. Everyone's like waiting for them to fail. But, you know, it's good for college football when USC and UCLA and, uh, you know, the power, those types of schools are doing well. Well, I think we're doing okay in that department. So, you know, the, the de- debut of Lincoln Riley, Riley with USC stands out for me. Anthony Richardson, man. Like, we're talking about a lot of quarterbacks across college football, Bryce Young. You know, C.J. Stroud, that we're looking at those types of guys. will live us from uh, Kentucky. Like just, But Anthony Richardson was drawing comparisons to Vince Young. And I know Vince Young wasn't a very good pro quarterback and certainly did mm. not pan out in the Canadian Football League, but he was a hell of a college quarterback. So for the efforts of Anthony Richardson in Florida beating Utah this weekend, uh, there's, there's a guy to be watching throughout the year. And then, of course, uh, how about Georgia? Georgia loses all these guys from yeah. the defensive side of the football in the first round of the draft and just un- an unheard of amount of players being drafted, and they still kick the crap out of their first-week opponent, and they look terrifying. So they're going up against Florida next week. We'll see how, how that looks uh, for for Anthony Richardson and company. But, it, you know, there's we we're always looking for – there's an upset always mixed in every once in a while, but it's just mm-hmm. more like status quo. And, like, Alabama looks great. And Bryce Young had all kinds of kinds of time to throw the football that we'll see how that transpires going down the road here but just George is just an incredible story to have those many first round picks and just pick up where they left off and the offense looks unstoppable so last year was all about defense I just think their offense is going to do have a little bit more say in their in their title hopes again in 2022. Well
1: it, like I think Georgia was ranked I think third and, and, and they were ranked third instead of second because they lost all those guys. It's not going to be very long yeah. before people realize oh they're, 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 if they're just as good, they're going to be in in yeah. the, uh, the, the the top two again because uh, you know if if they are uh, th- that good and, and everybody thought they were going to take a step back, you would normally think you would take a step back losing that much, but they're going to be right yeah. up there again. Yep.
2: Yeah, hell of a job recruiting uh, there. So it, I mean, people can complain about the SEC all they want, but it's just you—you you tune in every week just to see if they're going to lose. That's that's what you're hoping for. That I mean, you could tune into college football playoff. Will Alabama lose? You're kind of hoping on the inside. That's mm-hmm. how it works out. But that—that that is. I mean, let's go back to the Oilers in the '80s. When I was in Calgary, I hated the Oilers, but you were, sure was hell, happy as hell when they lost. So yep. people can complain about these domination all the time, but that's just what makes it. That much more sweeter when those big teams go down or don't like I mean it's just it's just I like I like dominant teams as much as the dominant players. We're all going to miss Serena Williams Mm -hmm. uh, that those types of things when Novak Djokovic steps away from the game we're going to miss that too but I mean this is it's just it's compelling television all the time when those teams or individuals are are playing in their respective sports. I was
1: watching Serena and I felt the same way as I did when I watched Gretzky in 99, which is when she won her first U S open and he retired. I'm like, I want more. I want more. I want more. But uh, there comes a time when everybody retires. Um, Okay. Let's talk baseball quickly this year. There's a lot more playoff spots up for grabs. Does it, feel the same way as exciting i still think it's exciting like and you and i are dodgers fans and they're they're well yeah. into the, the playoffs already i still think it's exciting yeah. watching the other teams try and get into the playoffs like i mean the twins uh the, the twins and the and the guardians if either one of them loses they're not in the playoffs they have to win the division they can't rely on the wild yeah. card is what's it like for you this year i,
2: I i'm always excited uh, i mean we we People complain when you mess with the sanctity of the game or whatever, but I just – and it's great for television, and I know there's more money to be made when there's more playoff teams. So I just – you know, this whole thing when we were kids and only the division winners would get in, it's kind of kind of anticlimactic. But now we're into that point where, okay, the Dodgers are completely in control. Who else is getting in in the National League? Like, Is Atlanta going to be able to do what they're doing? Like, there, there's just so many storylines. Can San Diego – despite all their additions and all that stuff like that, even make a a push in the, in the national league. Right. So I think it's great. It's great for the fan bases. You like to believe there's hope. There's more hope every year. And with it being with the entertainment dollar being spread out so far now, you have to sell hope all over the place or else people are not going to come to the ballpark or to the arena. There just has to be that belief. Your team has a chance to get in and do something afterwards. And so, you know we even go bar- far back as a college football playoff going to 12 teams i mean it's just more teams is better and it just that means more schools or more people are still believing that their team can do something and that's that's okay because it's more television more advertising it's just better for the game and fans entirely that way
1: i'm with you on that one um, dodgers yep. crushed the padres last night do you think the yep. padres uh. Are they playing possum at all, or are they just bad? Like, Juan Soto is terrible right now. Like, he's just not yeah. at all Juan Soto. They don't have Tatis. Machado is the only guy, although, you know, Clevenger was pretty good last night for a while. Would yeah. you be scared of the Padres in the playoffs?
2: I, I, I'll say no, and this might come back to bite me a little bit later, but I just feel like every time the Dodgers and Padres get together, there's just that inferior. inferior you know the word I'm trying to say. Yeah, inferiority inferior complex. The Dodger. That's the one. They feel so much inferior to the Dodgers that they just don't feel comfortable. They just all oh, – and if something goes bad, they just – I feel like they, their shoulders slump, slump a little bit. Oh, here we go again. Whereas the Dodgers like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a hit. Oh, we'll get the strikeout. Just, they've been there so many times that they know what to do. So you can add as many names to your roster as you want. But I think Juan Soto is starting to feel the heat of this situation – um, the pressure that's being put on him, especially with no Fernando Tatis, you can't tell me that he's a young guy. He turned down a massive contract. There's a lot of eyes on him right now. And, is, you know, he's trying to play, you know, to, to justify what the Padres gave up for him. Right. So it's just I, I think that weighs on you. And the, I just the Dodgers are just so deep through their lineup, that it's just really hard to stop them. And I thought that was a big step forward for San Diego, but for the Dodgers to take the next two games on Saturday and Sunday Mm -hmm. and and humiliate them the way they did and just go running away. And I know it got close yesterday, but I just think there's constant messages being sent. And you can't tell me that doesn't sit there when the playoffs start, if those two teams get together.
1: Uh, Fantasy perspective when it comes to baseball, more surprising season. Paul Goldschmidt, or Justin yeah. Verlander, both are using, as Ken Reed likes to say, old manpower. O- old uh, manpower, yeah. You know, Goldschmidt's going for the Triple Crown. Verlander's probably going to win mm-hmm. the, the Cy Young, which is more surprising to you. I, I thought Goldschmidt, I, we had him in our baseball league. I let him go a couple years yeah. ago because I thought he was done.
2: Yeah, and you know what? It's, to me, anytime an older guy goes uh, further in baseball when he's a pitcher, I'm more surprised because of the wear and tear. Baseball, the 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 hitters, yeah. I'm not taking away anything they do, but first base, you know, most times you're not doing a whole lot. Um, but the wear and tear in a pitcher's arm, and what Justin Verlander is doing, is just unbelievable. It's just uh, this goes every the more and more as time goes by because of fitness, because of uh, diets. Players are playing longer. They're taking better care of themselves. They're not staying out late at night anymore as much as they were say back in the 80s and 90s. But I just think they take better care of themselves. Therefore, they can play longer and be productive. But uh, you, Justin Verlander is, is a freak of nature. Like, it's that's just crazy what he's doing, that he's as dominant as he is this far. I thought maybe after a year after he was done in Detroit and moved on to Houston, there'd be one or two years left. Well, he's, he's proven us all wrong. Both are tremendous stories. Let's not let's not take that away. But mm-hmm. I'm more impressed and more surprised by what Justin Verlander does on a daily basis when he takes to the mound.
1: Uh, NHL now, Jets, a uh, team that you mm-hmm. uh, follow very closely working on the broadcast. I like yeah. the signing of Sam Gagné. You know, you know what Gagné's like. He's just a, a great guy yeah. to have in the locker room. He's going to compete hard. He's not going to get bummed if he gets bumped out of the lineup. This is a really good signing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I've never, like, as time goes by here, do you know, I've never seen – there's so much vitriol over a four, a veteran player being added our fourth line. People get so emotional about whenever a team signs a depth guy or a veteran player. They just want this flash and panache all the time. That just does not work. You need guys in your lineup, especially on your fourth line. Paul Maurice just tells us all the time, I want to send my fourth line out there and feel comfortable doing it, not going, oh, no, I've got the wrong matchup here. And the Jets had a great one uh, when Trevor Lewis was here. And uh, Nate Thompson, like, they, those are two solid, reliable veteran players that you can leave out against the Connor McDavid. And, I, yeah, I know you're losing skill and speed, and, you, and Connor McDavid would light up Nate Thompson in, in, a, in a chase for the puck. But there's all about positioning and smarts. And, and Sam Gagne is a smart player. And as he's gone by, he, you know, he plays 81 games a year ago in Detroit. That's what I kept saying, but he played 81 games. And I know Detroit wasn't very good last year. But at his age and, and being productive as he was, I don't think you can doubt the pr- productivity and what you're getting out of that player. I, mm-hmm. I love the signing. And he's going to kill penalties for you. And he's going to do whatever you ask him. And just like you said, if he's not in the lineup, he's not going to pout about it. He's going to understand what that decision was that night. Sure, he's not going to be happy about it. But he's not going to slump his shoulders and hang and be mad about it. He's going to understand what it, what it means. And he's also going to be there. To talk to the younger guys there's still a a, quite a bit of young players in that dressing room for the jets so i'm all all for any veteran signing and people have to stop getting so emotional that the general manager is screwing over the whole team because they signed a fourth line veteran player rather than bring up said favorite player from the minor leagues because we all know this randy carlisle showed us this this pattern With Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlav. he didn't give them all the ice time. He made them play in the American Hockey League. And I know there was a lockout and all that stuff like that. But they're better players because they spent more time down there, got more ice time. And your team doesn't hate your said player in the minor leagues because he's not coming up. It's just not good for their development if they're not playing all the time. And that's what happens on the fourth line. You play five minutes sometimes, terrible for a younger player. It's okay for a guy like Sam Gagne who's got a lot of miles on him and understands the process and how long the year is.
1: How about Vegas this year? This is an interesting mm. team. You know, obviously, I like the Castle signing for a million and a half, but uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we've we've had this debate in our in our hockey chat over. You know, like I think Jack Eichel is not uh, respected enough uh, by people. Like, I mean, mm. I, there's a there's a bit of a debate of. Uh, Matthews, Eichel, or Adam Fox. I don't know how those three got got together, but I think Jack Eichel, if you put Austin Matthews in Buffalo, I think you'd see similar yeah. results to what Jack Eichel did because it was a tire fire. Now we're going to see Jack yeah. Eichel in Vegas. What are your expectations for Vegas? The Flames and Oilers getting a lot of hype, and you know the Canucks and the Kings are better. What do you expect from the Golden Knights? The
2: The one thing with the Golden Knights I just think is I don't, I don't know how to say it. I just don't think there's been any, like, respect for the players. Like, it's just a, there's always, we're, oh, what? who else can we bring here? Uh, and I think that has, and I'm not speaking for Jack Eichel, but I think a lot of guys are kind of constantly looking over their shoulder going, okay, I didn't play very well this week. Who else are they going to bring in? So there's not that comfortability that you could have, say, in a veteran lineup anywhere else in the National Hockey League. So Vegas is always dangerous. I've watched Jack, you know, got to see Jack Eichel quite a bit last year. Didn't get to see him a lot because he was a Buffalo and the East doesn't come out to Winnipeg very often. But he's a dangerous guy, man. Like, there's no questioning his skills. Um, And I think anybody that is part of a team that loses year over year when there's, like, that little bit of hope at the beginning part of the year, it wears on you. And maybe he didn't handle it right. But Jack Eichel is a damn good hockey player and, uh, and a dangerous hockey player. So Vegas will always be there. The goaltending is going to be huge for them. Never liked how they handled Marc-Andre Fleury. That guy was the franchise player for them. And I think they've kind of got a little bit of bad goaltender karma ever since um, they, mm. they, they sent him out the door. You know what I mean? Like there's, He was just such a good, stable player and a great organizational guy, and a great guy in the community. So I just think they just kind of haven't really recovered from the departure of Marc-Andre Fleury, and we're just going to have to see how this whole thing shakes out. Because if Vegas doesn't get goaltending, it doesn't matter who they have. Yeah. They have a lot of great individual players, but if they're not getting that big save night after night that Marc-Andre Fleury gave them, I just don't, I don't see much coming out. They, to me, they're a playoff team, but they don't, they don't do much. Outside of that, if they don't get great goaltending.
1: Yeah, well, Logan Thompson, Brassois hurt, and Aiden Hill will be the uh, the guy. And yeah. we'll see when Brassois gets back. So that is their Achilles heel, certainly. Uh, it's goaltending. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah. I asked this question earlier. Uh, you got Seidel, You got Austin mm-hmm. Matthews in Fantasy Thunderdome. Um, first yeah. of all, who, who do you think scores more goals between these two guys this year? And just on this year alone, who would you yeah. take in Fantasy? Dreisaitl? or Matthew. So two-part question for you.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, so on the, second, the second half of the question, I just – those – we have seen so much of them. I saw so much of them during the Bubble Buddy that, that – you know, the yeah. the, the, North, the North Division. Like, we just saw so much of the Oilers and so much of the, uh, of the uh, Leafs. But I just – they're just so good. Um, you, you can't go wrong, but I'm going to go with Austin Matthews here. I just, like, he is at another level right now. Not that Drysaddle isn't, but I just think Austin Matthews is is, gonna, is my guy and also will score the most goals in the National Hockey League again this year. I think he's going to do 60 again.
1: Yeah, wow. That, that would be awesome because yeah. when's the last time yeah. we had a back-to-back 60? It'd be probably going back to Brad Hall. Um, I was just yeah. happy to, and and it... you know, get some 50-goal guys and 100-point guys. It's just so awesome to see from a fantasy perspective.
2: Yeah, and just night in, night out. It's such a long year, buddy. So these great individual effort, these great – these point totals or the push push for 50 or Alex Ovechkin going for Gretzky's record. In a long year, especially in January, February, where it's just hard to decide and you're trying to get your energy back up for another game, it's just those milestones and those the idea that that could happen again or – you know, Connor McDavid pushing for, for 130 points or Nikolai Ehlers looking at 40. Like those are the types of things that keep you going in the cold winter months <laughs> in the uh, province of Manitoba.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, this is the last one for you. Do you think goals yeah. should be worth more than assists in fantasy or are they equal? I mean, there's only one goal scorer, but there is two assists possibly on every goal. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I I think so. It's harder to score goals. I know we just talked about there's more goals than ever, but there's just not that many elite goal scorers. So I think there should be some value a little bit higher up in the mark than Alex Ovechkin. So maybe if there's a half point more for goals than there are assists in the point system in fantasy hockey, I'd be all for that. Now, would the UFHL go for that? I do not know. I see the emotional, emotional things going on when there's time. There's a rule change on the UFHL banter board. And uh, so I know it's hard to decide. But one thing I've, I've learned, too, as I've watched this and I've been a part of fantasy, every individual owner and general manager only cares about themselves. They are not going for the benefit of the league. So if something's like, this is going to be so much better for our league, they do not care. If this means they're going to lose or they're not going to make the playoffs or get their money back, they can give two craps to the league lasts. There is no loyalty in that department. Teams only care about themselves. And uh, that's, that's what fantasy is, man. You're only there for yourself and everybody else can go to hell.
1: I try to preach in our hockey league, like, cause it's a serious, yeah. this is, this is a different level of fantasy that we're on. And I agree that oh. happens a lot in, you know, some yes. of our other leagues. I try to preach mm. to people like, this is bigger than winning your league. This is growing a platform into a billion dollar yeah. industry. So let's think a bit yes. bigger, but you certainly, you know, that, 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 that does happen. Okay. I lied. I have one more. Uh, so the bottom of the screen you introduced me to lord of the rings do you remember that like we watched the first two at home and then we went to watch the third one so my question is are you watching the new one that's that's out there the first i think the first two episodes do you like it is it you know tell me what your thoughts on this lord of the rings
2: uh so i'm like dude i've got still massive issues i'm not i'm i know i'm 50 years old but i have like I watch the Marvel movies and I found this guy named Eric Voss, It's has New Rock Stars on YouTube, and he explains everything from Ooh. a nerd perspective. So I like seriously, New Rockstars, Eric Voss. He he'll go over every episode detail by detail. Cause I I I know Lord of the Rings, but I do not know Lord of the Rings. So I find them I find it more interesting when I watch an episode than I watch Eric Voss. Yeah. He'll tell me what I'm like, oh, I did not know that. Like so He'll tell me, like, She-Hulk was, this is her personality, and that's how she was in the comic books. I'm like, no way. Okay. So my wife's like, you're just such a loser that you watch Eric <laughs> Voss. I'm like, <laughs> like, Eric Voss has become a part of our family, and she just gets so disappointed in me. Des whenever. is like, like you know can what? you just turn <laughs> this guy off, please? First off, first like, off uh, he yells, like, oh, welcome to rock stars. I'm Eric Voss. We're going to break down this shot by shot. And my wife just shakes her head at me. She's like, not so, well, does she have a husband? She's like, I'm a commissioner of like too many fantasy leagues. I'm in this league. Um, yeah. We're on this show. Uh, we watched Lord of the Rings. So it's a long-winded answer your way. I watched half of it. And I'm like, oh, I got to get the kids to watch this. It's, ah, it's off to a great start. It, it is so good. And, you know, I've watched a lot of stuff on Amazon. And some movies I watched, and I'm like, oh, my Lord, that was a B movie. And I've been disappointed. But this, so far, the beginning of this one is like unbelievable. I still love oh, yeah. you, Amazon, because we're on Twitch. We love Twitch. And I love and- Amazon. None I love that
1: know. the the explaining because it's like when when we would take Shakespeare in high school, I'd like have to go buy like the Coles notes, and Americans don't know what Coles notes are. That's a Canadian thing where no. it basically dumbs. It's like, but you know, like the the whatever Shakespeare for Dummies book that was Coles notes yeah. back in the day for Canadians. But I, I wouldn't know any. So I, that kind of like fits with me Eric uh, I would like Voss. to watch that. Eric Voss. Still, your wife, is, Eric your wife is your wife is much too beautiful for you to be watching Eric Voss though. You should go pay more attention to death. So.
2: I've outkicked my coverage, buddy. I know that you every did. day. And we both did. We, we that, both did. On TSA, Well every guy on this planet has outkicked their coverage. Yeah, I don't know what true. happened. I don't know if there's a shortage of dudes on this planet, but all, <laughs> morons. all the time I look over it, I'm like, I don't even know how this happened I think my kids are my kids are catching on now, Dino. They're like Yeah, there's no way. They but don't know like you How did this happen? How did mom choose you? Like, look at this guy and use like I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Another yeah. story for another time, buddy.
1: Exactly. Hey, man, thanks so much. Uh, always enjoy chatting with you uh, here. You're doing a bang-up yep. job with uh, scouting as well. UFFsports.com if one of people get more information and get involved in football scouting. and uh, We'll talk later in the week, man.
2: Yeah, you bet, buddy. Uh, talk to you soon. Say hi to Trish. Okay, thanks. I will.
1: There's uh, Jamie Thomas. Uh, he is of uh, Jets TV. He's also our scouting director at UFF Sports. I just, we just could talk literally for hours. We've known each other for so long, we live together. Um and it's just easy to kind of get on a bit of a, a binge or a banter on things. So it is what it is. Okay. Uh the Blue Jays, I think they've started the second half of that doubleheader now. So when we get into games to watch tonight, the second half of that one is is obviously going to be very important uh for, you know, there's some high-end fantasy studs in these lineups. Ooh, I think Baltimore just hit a home run. Yeah. Oh no, it's off the wall. I thought that was gone. Was that Gunnar Henderson again? Jesus, this guy Oh no, it wasn't uh it was the Satander. Anyway, uh no, it was Adley Rushman. Sorry. I have no idea why they brought up the uh the other guy. Adley Rushman just hit a rocket. I mean, if you're in fantasy and you're watching this game tonight, uh, obviously you got Vlad, Bo Bichette, uh, Jose Barrios is on the hill for the Jays. And then you're looking at the other side, and you got like Cedric Mullins, obviously, 30-30 guy from last year, Rushman, Gunnar Henderson. Great, great night uh, for fantasy in that regard. Uh, the Guardians and the Royals... Cleveland uh, can take advantage of the Twins losing to the Mets earlier today. Uh, So that could be huge uh, because the Twins and the Guardians uh, battling for uh, that final playoff spot. And this happened earlier today. So you'll see this on highlight shows everywhere.
0: In deck, number 54, and the Yankees lead
1: 4-2. Yankees would go on to win that contest and uh, strengthen their lead over Tampa Bay. They all won on Sunday, so maybe the Yankees are riding the ship. Marwin Garla- Gonzalez hit a home run today for the Yankees. First non-Aaron Judge to sc- guy not named Aaron Judge to score a run. So maybe they're going to get it back. Giants and Dodgers start a series tonight. I'll be watching that. Andrew Heaney on the mound, I believe, for the Dodgers. He's been really good. Mets Pirates was postponed, uh, so the Mets and the Braves. Um, there won't be a whole lot of ground in that one because the Mets aren't playing. And of course, action continues at the U.S. Open. That's it for another fun show uh, on the uh, docket today. Big thanks to uh, Cameron Turner of uh, the North Stars who joined us on the program. Jamie Thomas, UFFS football scouting director. We did a Calgary Flames preview. Um, Fantasy Thunderdome was about Drysdale and Matthews. Also our top three in question of the day and games to watch. You can catch... Everything, if you missed it, on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And if you like to find our podcasts in audio format, just wherever you get your podcast, search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. All right, we're back again tomorrow. Looking forward to another wonderful, fun fantasy show. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in to the program today. And I want everybody to have a very Very safe and happy Monday night. See you later.
0: Thanks now.
3: Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.